2 Corinthians chapter 3. By the way, that was my fault, not his. Uh, but I want you to... <laughs> it's okay, he's fired. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't get to say it any other time, might as well, right? Uh, if you'll listen to me today, I think I can help you. I deal with people who hurt. Deal with people who hurt physically, people who hurt emotionally, people who hurt spiritually. I've spent the last three and a half decades of my life helping people who hurt. Let me say right here, right up front to start the sermon, people look or search for comfort in all the wrong ways. They want soothed, they want relieved, they want coddled from all discomfort. Here are some ways people often seek comfort. Drugs, whether legal or illegal. Alcohol, cigarettes, cutting themselves. That never made sense to me. Uh, or just plain sleeping. People try spending money and buying things to give them comfort. It's called retail therapy, amen? People look for comfort in bars, nightclubs, or immorality. But may I say something? None of those things bring comfort. Not a one of them. Matter of fact, most of these create more problems, which creates more need for more comfort. One of the most amazing statements in the Bible. One of the most powerful statements in the Bible is made in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 3. The Bible says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and I want you to get these next words, and the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. May I say something here? God did not just say that he is the God who will guide you to comfort. God did not say that he is the God who will help you with some comfort. God in his own words said he is the source of all comfort. Notice it says the God of all comfort. Uh, that means, and listen to me very carefully here, anything outside of God or God's words is not comfort. When we seek comfort in anything but God or the word of God, we are not getting comfort. We might be numbing it, but it doesn't fix it. I've had 10 kidney stones. When I go to the hospital with a kidney stone, they give me uh, morphine and they give me some other, used to give me Dilata, I don't know what they give me now, but uh, you say, does it take the pain away? I'm not sure it takes the pain away, but you don't care if you hurt anymore. (laughs) 
I don't know that it actually takes the pain away, but you're too out of it to know if you're hurting. That's what a lot of people try to do with all discomfort. All you're doing is numbing it, but the problem is still there. Popping a pill or an IV or a shot into somebody and giving them some drugs, it doesn't take the kidney stone away. You still have the problem. You may not be in as much pain as you were, but may I say something, the problem didn't go away. It's going to take a day or two or three or four. Now, listen to me very carefully here. That means anything outside of God or his word or his way has no ability to comfort you. Nothing. Now listen very carefully. That means I don't need to seek or to search for comfort. I have the source of all comfort available to me. I have the God of all comfort. I don't have to go looking for another. I have the word of God. I don't need to look for another. I have the God of all comfort. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When you start messing with the Bible, you start getting rid of your ability to have comfort. You see, He is the source of all comfort. God does not say that he'll take away that which causes discomfort. God says he will give you the comfort you need from his word, from the Holy Spirit, done his way. He didn't say he's going to take the problem away, but he did say he would give you comfort. You see, he said, I am the God of all comfort. This means we don't have to search for comfort. We just have to search for him. We don't have to go looking for comfort somewhere else. We just need to go to the book he gave us. We need to go to the church he established. Or the man he put over that church to help guide us in finding what God says in God's words. Because God is the source of all comfort. May I say this? If we get comfort outside of God, it's not comfort. Now, that's the first part of the truth, but this is the the punch of the truth I want you to get. In order for us to know God is the comforter, we have to go through uncomfortable situations. For us to need comfort, we need to be uncomfortable God does not create discomfort he is the God of all comfort God doesn't bring the discomfort to your life sin does sin is what causes discomfort uh, brother Jim sin is what caused that guy to pull out in front of you and you'd have told your truck told you your truck recently yeah, yeah, you know, you wanted to call him the devil too. I mean, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, 
wasn't the fact that God wanted him to hit somebody else's vehicle with his truck because they pulled out and ran, ran a stop sign or stoplight. No, God didn't cause that, but God will bring Brother Jim comfort because he's the God of all comfort, not the God of all discomfort. You see, uh, God does not create the discomfort. We are sinners living in a world where everybody else is a sinner. There's plenty of discomfort to go around. Now watch this. You can't know the sweet comfort of God until you go through something uncomfortable. You cannot know him as the comforter until you go through something uncomfortable. There's no need for the comforter unless there's discomfort. Aren't you glad God thought of all this before he ever made us? You see, men, by us being sinners, make a mess and make life uncomfortable. Isn't it amazing how we can make life uncomfortable for everybody around us? But we don't have to let that be ruling our life. You see... I'm going to make a statement here. God does not force his comfort on anybody. Brother Steve, God never came down to you and said, Steve Snow, do this and I'll give you comfort. I'm going to smash your head in it. No, now your wife tried that, but uh, (laughs) that's why you wouldn't let her pull that tube out, amen? Now, wait a minute. Uh, (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Uh, can I tell you something? God doesn't force his comfort on anybody. But when we go to him and do things his way, he said, I have something waiting for you that's sweeter than honey. I have something that the world can't understand. Amen, Brother Jim? You see, we are sinners. Because we're sinners, we're all in need of comfort. And we shouldn't seek comfort from other sinners. We ought to seek comfort from the source of all comfort. The God of all comfort. Let me give you a little bit of logic for a second. If you were in financial trouble, would you go to someone who is as in bad a trouble as you are financially? Or would you go to somebody who is successful financially? Well, if you have enough sense to fix your finances by going to somebody that's more successful at it than you, don't you think that you ought to go to somebody more successful at comfort than yourself or some other sinner? Let's go to the source. Let's get in touch with the source of all comfort. So, let me quickly say number one. When we get saved, God gives us the comforter Sealed inside of us. Turn to John chapter 14. It's back to the left, about 75 pages or so. John chapter 14. I want to show you what God says. By the way, you're in a Baptist church. It's okay to say amen. All right. John chapter 14. Look at verse number 15. 
John chapter 14, look at verse number 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. Now watch this. And he shall give you another comforter. Notice capital C. That he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit, capital S, of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Skip down to verse number 26. John chapter 14, verse number 26. But the comforter, small c or capital? Ah, same as in verse number 16, right? But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I say unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto thee. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Now look at me for a second. I'm about to shout. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God moves inside of you. Amen. I'm not going to fight anybody over this. I, I don't think it's right scripturally to say this, but I wouldn't argue with somebody. When somebody gets saved, Jesus doesn't move into your heart. That's right. My Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit moves into your life. He moves into your body. John chapter 14 starts with Jesus saying to his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. And Jesus is telling the disciples, I'm getting ready to die. They're getting ready to kill me, but don't you worry, I'm going to heaven. And he says in verse number 16, he said, I will give you another comforter. Amen. Oh, he said, I've been your comfort to this point. By the way, Jesus was God. Right. He was the source of comfort. Amen. But he was about to leave them. And he said, I will send you another comforter in my name. And it'll be the Holy Spirit of God. It's the other part of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. And not only will I send him and he will come comfort you, but he will be in you. He'll dwell in you because you're, you're saved. Amen. The world, he says, will not know this comforter. Why? Because they're lost. They're spiritually dead. Right. They have no concept of what real comfort is all about. The lost world does not have any comfort because they don't have the Holy Spirit of God in them. Right. I'm going to make some strong statements here. Hang on. Doctors and psychologists cannot bring comfort. The Holy Spirit can. Amen. Alcohol and drugs cannot bring comfort. God can. Amen. Partying and the partying lifestyle does not bring comfort. God does. Amen. Immorality cannot bring comfort. Right. God does. Amen. 
group therapy cannot bring comfort. God does. Listen to this statement very carefully. Everything that the world does to bring man comfort involves the body or the soul, but not the spirit. Everything. It's either body or soul. But I hate to tell you something. God made us body, soul, and spirit. And the reason the world's comfort is only body and soul is because the world has a dead spirit. And until you get born again, your spirit is dead. That's why Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can I get saved? He said, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. You see, only the Holy Spirit of God with the word of God can hook us up to the source of all comfort, which is God. Man in his sins and trespasses is dead spiritually and cannot see God, cannot talk to God. And he is far off from us to where we don't have the ability to communicate. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit moves in and man's spirit communicates with the Holy Spirit who communicates with God directly and we have direct access to God. Now, the world tries to numb the pain or make you forget the pain temporarily, but it does not bring comfort. The world's relief... The world's comfort can only work on the body or the soul. It is spiritually dead. I've helped many of alcoholics. You don't do it through a two-step, ten-step, twenty-step, fourteen-step, twelve-step, eight-step program. How do you do it? The Word of God. I've helped people get off cigarettes. I've helped people get off chewing tobacco. I've helped people get off any habit. I don't care if it's moral, immoral, dirty, just plain stupidity, whatever you want to call it. It's not a matter of group therapy. Can I tell you something? The very premise of group therapy really isn't very smart. You put 10 alcoholics in a room who all have trouble with alcohol, talking about the problem they have with alcohol, they're still thinking about alcohol. That's the problem. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just showing you it doesn't work with the Word of God. They're seeking comfort from man and man's ways, not God and God's ways. Now, hang on. We're going somewhere. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me show you something here. When a person gets saved, the Holy Spirit moves inside of them and is sealed inside of them. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse number 17. Uh, That wasn't it. Hang on. I think it's supposed to be 1 Corinthians. I get my ones and my twos messed up today. Please forgive me. It's been a long week. That's not it either. 
Uh, chapter 5. Works better. Second Corinthians chapter 5. You know, if I just pay attention. For Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. I want you to notice something. It is through Jesus Christ. Bible also says that what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, that means once you get saved, your body becomes the temple of the Spirit of God. By the way, Jesus started the church, not the temple. Well, it's the same thing, preacher. Oh, no, it's not. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He went to the temple daily teaching and preaching to see them saved daily such as should be saved. The temple teaching is what caused him to be crucified. They had perverted it through the centuries and it became all works based and not faith based. When we get saved, God gives us the comforter to live inside us. That's what he promised to the disciples in John chapter 14. He said, I will send you another comforter. And in verse 26, it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost of God, who is in you. So when you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God moves inside you. By the way, you don't lay on the floor and flop around. You don't say, I got it, I got it, I got it, and flip and flop around like a fish out of water. You don't start saying all the motorcycle names backwards. It's not some big feeling. It's not some tingle. No, the Holy Spirit moves in just like at conception. There is a, a life that's given. It's not always a feeling, so to speak. You don't even know that it took place most of the time. That's what God says. Now, listen to me very carefully. He guides us in all truth. The Bible says thy word is truth, O Lord. The Holy Spirit cannot work outside the confines of the King James Bible for the English-speaking people. If somebody tells you that the Holy Spirit told them to do something, and it's not within the pages of this book, it wasn't the Holy Spirit that told them. Yeah, they had, Oral Roberts, oh, I got a 90-foot vision of Jesus. No, he had bad pizza before he went to bed. <laughs> I often find it funny that these people who were, a guy like Oral Roberts believed in faith healing, but he had to have a hospital. What's wrong with this picture? Everybody doing okay? I'm just using simple logic, am I not? The Holy Spirit is not the spirit of all feelings. He is the spirit of all comfort. He is to guide us in truth and connect us with the source of comfort. He didn't say anything about our feelings. You have to have the right Bible or there'll be no comfort. 
Because if you're not guided in truth, you cannot have the Holy Spirit guide you. Who connects you with the source of all truth. Well, they're good people, they just don't use the right Bible. Then they can't help you. Everybody doing all right? (sighs) So, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit moves in. The Holy Spirit lives inside us. And God called the Holy Spirit the Comforter. He is God and he is the source of our comfort. Number two, I've got to hurry. We who are saved should not ever be depressed and comfortless in this world. I'm going to make some harsh statements here. We read 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's go back there for just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse number 7. We, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. In other words, an earthly body. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Now, listen to me very carefully. This is going to be harsh. When saved people walk through life comfortless, troubled, perplexed, and cast down, that saved person is showing us they're not walking in the Holy Spirit. They're walking in the flesh. They're walking in their feelings. They're walking in the soul, not the spirit. I didn't say it. God did. He said we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Oh, preacher, did you read the news? Did you see this? Did you see that? Oh, I just Well, that's your first problem. You read the news instead of the Bible. What about, what about, what about I read the last chapter. We win. Don't worry. Uh, Did that, that what, is that not what God said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? There's trouble on every side, but not distressed. Hmm. Perplexed. Preacher, I'm just so confused. We know that. But not in despair. You talk about a confusing world. They don't even know what bathroom to use. They don't know what letter of the alphabet they are. Yeah, they they got to have litter boxes and bathrooms in schools in Jefferson County and starting in Berkeley County next year. Because kids might be an animal. Folks, that perplexes me more than anything. And how you think two bulls make a cow, I do not know. Two roosters don't have eggs. Don't care how you slice it. If barnyard animals have more sense than people, it's pretty perplexing. Uh, And we have to understand something. For a Christian to walk around, well, preacher, I'm just so depressed. 
I'm just so discouraged. Well, God bless you. Get a dose of the Holy Ghost. Read your Bible. Come to church and get, get right with God. Amen. <laughs> the happiest people in this area are sitting in this room today. Amen. There's people here with heartaches. You've lost loved ones. You've had uh, the, the cancer word thrown your way. You've had problems physically for years. You've got children, adult children, who have broken your heart. Not me. <laughs> I was not referring to that, but as it came out, I thought I better just clarify that. Now, wait a minute. You, you've had all these things happen, but you don't have to walk around discouraged and depressed. <laughs> but it's, it's just so sad. It may be sad, but... The Holy Spirit of God is there with the Word of God to give you the source of all comfort. Amen. Say, preacher, how do you take it all? <laughs> I'm hooked up to the source of all comfort. Amen. I'm right close to the spout where the blessing comes out. And I happen to know the closer to the source you get, the purer it is. If a saved person is without comfort, they're telling you they're not yielded to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Amen. And if the Holy Spirit is God, which he is, First John chapter 1, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Oh, so the Holy Ghost, which is the Comforter living inside us, is God living inside us. Amen. So it's not he that is depressed, it's us and us not yielding to the Holy Spirit. Right. So, how do we get the Holy Spirit to help us? Number one, read your Bible. Amen. Number two, you need to come to church and hear the word of God taught and preached to you and get the ever-loving sin kicked out of you. I said that as nicely as I know how. I was preaching in a church that's not used to the type of preaching that I do. There were three old ladies that had twin calves. I actually bruised my knuckles on the pulpit. They did not know how to quite handle me. And it's okay. I wasn't there to be handled. But when I got done Sunday night, we had 60% of the church at the altar on their face before God. Can I tell you what? <laughs> I had, a, had an old lady walk up to me and she said, been a long time. I said, don't blame me. <laughs> I preached on soul winning that Sunday night. I was mean. I preached the Bible straight. I asked them to raise their hand. If you're willing to tell somebody about Jesus, raise your hand. Hands up everywhere. I said, all right, start playing the piano. It was on this side. I said, start playing piano. Everybody stand to your feet. If you raised your hand, you come to the altar and tell God you're going to tell somebody. Hardly anybody moved. I said, if you won't walk the, to, to the aisle to tell God something, you're not going to tell some lost person how to get saved. Ooh. And they started trickling down, and then they started coming, and started coming, and started coming. And I just kept the pressure on. You say, why? Because <laughs> they needed that. So do you. 
You need the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, he's right. You better listen to him. Do something about it. You get that when you read the Bible. Well, I just don't want to read the Bible. Yeah, you don't want to read the Bible because you know it has the answer and you don't want to do what God said. Uh, We ought to start living the Bible. Did you know when you start doing what the Bible says, you'll be less discouraged? Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. Can I tell you why you're miserable? You're like the Dead Sea. You take information in and there's no outlet for it. And there's nothing as nasty as someone who has a head full of knowledge that doesn't use any of it. Bible says in 1 Corinthians it talks about knowledge puffeth up. Can I give you the Greek translation of what puffed up means? Have you ever seen a roadkill in August? And it's laying on the side of the road and its belly looks like a snare drum about to go. And it's full of maggots and gas and defilement. And you know that thing's going to blow. You're just hoping it's not all over the side of your car as you drive by. You all know what I'm talking about? It's puffed up. That's what God says a head full of knowledge that's not being used is. You're so full of information that's dead and useless because you're not using it. God said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. You're like the Dead Sea who receives water, but there's no outlet for it. And no life can live in it because it's so full of salt and different things. And there's no life in it because all it does is receive, 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 receive. That's why welfare is so bad. Welfare welfare is not helping people, it's destroying people. Giving somebody everything they want without making them earn it does not create life, it creates death. That's right. Amen. So, maybe we ought to live the Bible. Maybe we ought to share the Bible. Take it out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. (laughs) If you've ever been to the Sheets gas station down here, after Kathy Sears been there, there's tracks in every one of those pumps. I pulled up before to get gas. And people are, they look at me and go, look, you were there before I was. I didn't put it there. But there's a man sitting right there who picked one up a couple weeks ago and came to church because of it. Amen. Huh, maybe we ought to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen. Isn't it amazing what God can do if we just obey him? That's right. So number three, and I'll finish quickly. First of all, I said that when we get saved, the Holy Spirit is sealed inside of us. Number two, we who are saved should not ever be depressed or comfortless because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. All we must do is find the source of that, which is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, the house of God, the man of God, and get hooked up to the source. Number three, God gives us comfort so that we can comfort someone else. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now watch this. And I'm going to show you where the world's philosophy is wrong. Who comforteth us in how many tribulation? All our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them which are in, what's the next word? 
any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now look at me. Group therapy says, let's put all the drunkards in one room and let them comfort each other. That's not what God said. God says, Brother James, you went through the home going of Miss Lily. And God brought you comfort. But it doesn't mean you just comfort somebody that lost a loved one. You can comfort them in any trouble. By the comfort God gave you. It didn't say only help those who have gone through the death of a loved one. Now, you understand them a little bit more. But can I tell you something? When God gives comfort, we're to transfer the principle of that comfort to help somebody else in any trouble. Not just the trouble we came out of, but to comfort them in any trouble. Maybe instead of looking down our pharisaical snoot, saying, well, they should know better. They've been in church long enough. They know better than that. Why don't you go through a problem and help somebody? Can I tell you something? People who work on church staffs are sinners and in need of comfort too. Did you know if we hire somebody that's got kids, their kids are no better than your kids? There's a staff kid. He's no better than anybody else's. Trust me, and sometimes he was worse. No. Uh, Now, wait a minute. We shouldn't say, well, they've been in church their whole life. They know better. How many things do you know better that you've done wrong? How many times have you caught yourself saying, I knew better than that? Or as I told uh, Brother Franz yesterday, he doesn't know much about rednecks yet. I said, there's one thing you need to watch out for. I said, if you hear, watch this, y'all, duck. Quickly. Trust me. <laughs> Y'all laughing. You know it's true. Amen, <laughs> Amen Brother Scott. Yeah, don't put the ether on top of the, the uh, yeah. what do you call that thing for? Forge. Yeah, the forge. Yeah, that, yeah, watch this, y'all. Boom. Now, wait a minute. Can I tell you something? Maybe we ought not waste our comfort. Amen. Maybe we ought to take the problems that we've gone through and the comfort God gave us and when somebody else has a problem, say, let me show you some verses that I, God gave me. Amen. Let me show you a truth God gave me. Let me show you something that may help you. That means you're going to have to get your hands dirty with people who have problems. Right. I hate to break your little pharisaical bubble, but you're not as perfect as you think you are. Thank God this church is a hospital, not a museum. I'm glad they said of Jesus, he, he eats with people who are sinners. Yeah, he did. That's all he had to choose from. Because we're all sinners. Well, I'm not guilty of the sin. That person's been here long enough, they should not have that, their sin, that sin in their life. Who made you God? I don't remember praying to you today. Don't be selfish and hoard comfort. How about you find the joy of helping somebody else? Can I tell you something? You'll never experience true joy until you help somebody else. I promise you that. Maybe we ought to thank God not only for the comfort, but maybe we ought to even thank him for the discomfort we had to go through to get the comfort. 
Maybe we ought to be in communication with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and being at church like we're supposed to, to learn the Word of God so that when discomfort comes, we know how to respond. Give me a minute and a half and I'll close. In the book of Job, you have a man that lost five businesses in one day. He lost the employees of five businesses. They were all killed. He lost 10 children in one tornado that tore the house down and their spouses. Here's a man that lost everything. Don't you think he was going through some discomfort? The devil wasn't done and went back to God and said, Yay, skin for skin, a man will give all he hath for his own life. And he said, Go ahead, but you can't kill him. God brought boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet where he sat in the trash heaps, in the, in the burning cinders of the trash dump, taking broken pieces of pottery and scraping the pus out of the boils just to find comfort. His own wife said, curse God and die, Job. Man. Then he has three friends show up. His friends show up and for seven days they sit there and look at him and don't say a word. After seven days they start saying, well, Job, you do know this is all your fault. And they begin to blame and criticize Job for the problems he's gone through. And... (laughs) Job finally gets a chance to say something, and I love the statement in the book of Job. He says, miserable comforters are ye all. And then he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Blessed be the name of God. Can I tell you something? Job was not relying on humans to comfort him. He was relying on the Holy Spirit of God to bring him comfort. By the way, God gave back Job's five businesses and doubled them. God gave Job's wife back to him and cursed her and gave her ten ten more kids. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you something? Maybe we ought not waste our comfort. Maybe we shouldn't run around discouraged and depressed and sleeping all the time because I just don't know what to do. Let's get up and go do something for God. Amen.